When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. Ryan Bonaparte. And we're back with you, as promised. Today, we're going to cover the upcoming game against Iowa, give you a little preview and primer of what to expect. Uh, we're going to start out with a question tonight, and we're also going to look at the Big Ten standings. Ryan and I are going to compare our power rankings, uh, 1 through 14. We're going to walk through the whole conference. Uh, since we don't have a game to recap, we wanted to give you a lot of quality content. So... We are going to do that in the first half of the show, but as I said, Ryan, I wanted to start out with a question. This one is Purdue-related, so it's a bit different than what I normally ask. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. All right, so uh, Combine invites went out, and Purdue has five players who are invited to the Combine in Indianapolis. takes place from February 28th, so the end of this month, all the way through March 6th. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, the five names from Purdue that were invited, Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, Jalen Graham, and Corey Trice. Now, um, Luke Wilson, uh, not the famous actor Luke Wilson, but Luke Wilson on Twitter, at LukeWill765, asked the question, and I thought it was a good one, uh, which Boilermaker will have the best career in the NFL of those five? So, you know, put aside anybody who might be undrafted or um, anybody not on this list. Um, mm-hmm. Of these five, who do you think will have the best NFL career? Ugh. My mind instantly goes to either Payne Durham or Jalen Graham. Those are the exact two I was going to say. Because 
as much as we love Aiden O'Connell, he's going to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's probably going to have a career path similar to David Blau. Yeah. Um, just, you know, you can make millions of dollars doing that. No shame in doing that. Yeah, I mean, just, just look at Chase Daniels. Exactly. I mean, so you can be a good journeyman as quarterback and be absolutely. And I think that's more so the path that Aiden O'Connell might do. Um, Charlie Jones can be a slot guy. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how his impact on special teams is. It's just when you start focusing on the offense like he did at Purdue, your special teams ability seems to go down a little bit just because you're, you know, not saving all of your energy for that one burst play. Right. A la Devin Hester. So, um, we'll see about Charlie Jones. And then Corey Trice could be an intriguing pick as well. Um, he definitely could be that more um, corner slash safety for a team, but he also could do special teams. He could be like a gunner on a punt. So, he could also make an impact, but... Jalen Graham is kind of, you see him kind of go in the role of, um, you know, that linebacker that can still cover and uh, play deep if necessary. And Payne Durham just looks pro ready. Yeah. So more so than Bryson Hopkins did when he got drafted and he's still on an NFL team. Yeah. So, I mean, the obvious comparison uh, for Jalen Graham, just from a measurable perspective, and the fact that he was drafted recently as well, um, was Marcus Bailey. Um, okay. Marcus Bailey, to me, at Purdue, he was listed at 6'1", 240, whereas Jalen Graham listed at 6'3", 220. Um, so okay. similar measurables. You never really know uh, when you look at these rosters how accurate they truly are. You know, Are they giving mm-hmm. somebody an inch? Are they giving them 10 pounds? Are they giving them 5 pounds? <laughs> Um, so, and Marcus Bailey has done very well for himself in the NFL, um, with the Bengals. So the hope I think for Jalen Graham is that he can follow a similar career path there. Um, I think, I think Bailey is, is more talented. Um, and Graham of course had an injury that slowed him down this year. So I don't think we really saw what he was capable of, but I think Mm -hmm. he has a good chance to go into the NFL and find a pretty good um, a good spot on a roster on the defensive side. Um, but to your point as well, I mean, Payne Durham, the improvement he showed from even just last year to this year, um, just catching the football, uh, breaking tackles, yards after catch, was really impressive mm-hmm. to me. If I had to choose one, I would say Jalen Graham would be my number one. And I agree with you on the other three. Um, I think they might struggle to find complete roles. Um, Charlie Jones and Corey Trice can certainly be valuable special teams guys. I worry about Charlie Jones uh, being durable enough to stay healthy in the NFL if he plays wide receiver, um, as well as him having you know the speed um, and strength that he would need uh, to go up against NFL corners and NFL linebackers game in and game out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um so the one measurable I would think the the one player comp I have for Jalen Graham is um, Devin Bush, just sort of that like flex player on defense, and those seem to be the kind of players that a Bill Belichick always seems to like. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we'll see Jalen Graham on the Patriots. Who knows? Yeah, and Belichick has in the past, you know, has 
used Purdue players very well um, on his roster. So maybe that would be a good landing spot uh, for any Purdue player. So you know it would it would be it would be good for them. Maybe they'll turn it around. Maybe Brady will come out of retirement again, go back to the go back to the Patriots uh, and help them rise back to prominence. <laughs> so you just you just never know. Um, he's out there posting half naked selfies on Instagram. Uh, taking a year off before he goes into the booth, so who knows what that guy's gonna do? Um, He's going to Vegas. I mean, do you, do you mean to play for the Raiders oh, or yeah. just like to get uh, on a huge bender? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he can do both simultaneously. I yeah. feel like, yeah, and they'll in, still pay him millions. I was gonna say the 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 ownership uh, and management of the Raiders has not really been top notch. Nope, no one has, and. It, the the worst thing about the Raiders, of course, is the haircut of the owner. Uh, I don't know what that guy's doing. He's a billionaire, oh, but he's certainly not paying for haircuts. Nope, no, he's not. One one kid's pair of scissors and one bowl is all he needs. Yeah. <laughs> I I just I don't know what is going on, man. Mark, poor Mark Davis. I, I guess I can't say poor Mark Davis. He's a billionaire. It, it's. He's he's made some choices with his hair. For those of you who haven't seen it, uh, just Google it. It is probably the worst haircut of any person you've ever seen. Uh, but there we go. There is uh, what we think of the folks heading to the combine for Purdue. So Ryan and I, with no with no game to recap before we get into the second half of the pod and talking about Iowa, we wanted to go and do our Big Ten power rankings. Um, Ryan, you do a Big Ten power rankings on the site every week, correct? So I wanted to let you go first. Uh, obviously, we're going to go fourteen to one because uh, you know we want to we want to build the anticipation. So I've got mine pulled up. Do you have yours ready? And if so, go ahead and hit me with your fourteenth ranked. Okay, um, Minnesota. Yeah, mine too. Mine um, too. This is this is there are two spots that are obvious in this ranking: uh, Minnesota, one and eleven in the Big Ten, and absolutely terrible. They're one and nine in their last ten games, and it's just they right now they're dealing with COVID too. So now they're going to have an accelerated schedule going forward. So it's just going to get even worse. Yeah, it's just, it, I uh, I don't know. They're they're just so bad. Yeah, it takes a while to build a program. We'll see how Ben Johnson can fare. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely got his work cut out for him. So. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at if you look at the Big Ten standings, obviously they are dead last, mm-hmm. and and they've only scored thirteen hundred and forty four points, and that's roughly just about a hundred less uh, than the next lowest scoring team. So not great, not great. Uh, they got a lot of work to do there. Minnesota dead last in our ranking. So that's number fourteen. Who you got at thirteen? Um. I took another team that's one and nine in their last ten games. Ohio State. Okay, okay. I had Nebraska thirteenth, but I I okay. almost put Ohio State there. Um, I, I just think Nebraska. Wait, actually, here, defend your choice of Ohio State, uh, and then I'll defend mine of Nebraska. I mean, I almost put Ohio State at fourteen. I almost had them dead last, <laughs> but Minnesota is the clear choice. So really, they're dead last in the non-clear choices. So, I mean, they're one and nine in their last ten. They're getting absolutely just throttled night in and night out. It's it's not good for Chris Holtman and company, and for all of the talent they have on their team, it's just not clicking. 
Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wanted to put them dead last, but being that Minnesota actually beat them, right. Minnesota's one single Big Ten win is against Ohio State. However, the one win for Ohio State is a much better Iowa than Minnesota's win. Right, yeah. And, I mean, Ohio State, you know, they were ranked earlier in the year. You know, when Purdue played them, they were a ranked team. And then, man, Purdue just broke something in their brains because they have not been the same team after that. So I have no quibble with them being 13th in your in your rating. I have mm-hmm. Nebraska 13th. I just think, you know, they have not looked good at a con- on a consistent basis. They're 11 and 13 overall in the season, 4 mm-hmm. and 9 in Big 10 play. So, they do have one more win than Ohio State, but I I just think I I believe that Ohio State will put it together for a couple games here down the road, and I'm not sure that Nebraska can find another gear to get themselves back up. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um it- so this sort of begs the question, when when I think power rankings, I think, all right, what team can beat another team on a neutral site? And I think um, that being said, Ohio State probably could beat Nebraska on a neutral site, and Ohio State could definitely pull an upset much easier than Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Um, so did you? who did you have at 12? Nebraska. Okay, I figured we just flip-flopped them there, but I wasn't sure. All right. Yep. Uh, number 11, who do you have? Uh, I have Penn State. Okay. Just kind of going off their past week, they had not the best week. They lost at Purdue and at Nebraska. Yeah, they had a hard they week. They haven't been playing. It's It's been a rough time for Micah Shrewsbury. Yeah. Yeah, I had Wisconsin at 11. Um, mm-hmm. They are another team that has seemingly just fallen off a cliff. Um, yeah. They were a team that I think a lot of people thought would again find a way to finish in the top four of the conference because that is just the Wisconsin specialty, regardless mm-hmm. of who is the coach. Um, they currently sit at five and seven in the conference, tied with Penn State. And, you know, it's again, it's another team that there's talent on the team, but they just can't put it together. Um, looking at, again, points, they've scored 1,418. Uh, where of points allowed 1380 so they're only 38 points above um above even in that regard and that mm-hmm. is never what you want so i've got them at 11 and i have penn state at 10 but again i don't think you can there's not much of a problem with flip-flopping either of those teams especially given what you said of penn state really struggling this last week to put it together if i would have done this you know 2 weeks ago penn state would have been much higher but uh, for right. now, they are down at number 10 for me. Yeah, and Wisconsin is at number 10 for me. There so we go. We're just flip-flopping. Yeah, we are. Um, we are. So, so, I mean, go ahead. Wisconsin, the reason I put Wisconsin above Penn State is because Wisconsin won a game last week. Mm-hmm. However, that game was against Ohio State. So that's not saying the most anymore. Right. So... Yeah, it's... it's The Big Ten is just wild this year. I mean, I there's not really... A good way to describe what is going on with this conference. It has been, it has been a wild ride from start to finish. So, um, after ten, we obviously uh, we go to nine. Who you got nine? I have Maryland. Okay. So I mean, they've won four of the last five games. They beat Indiana at home, and they're undefeated at home in the conference. But some of their losses are just really odd losses. So they're not. They're not playing well on the road at all. I think they only have one 
conference win on the road. So if they can put that together, they can definitely rise much higher. Right, yeah. So for me, number nine, I have Michigan State. Uh, okay. They're currently sitting at 6-5 and five in the conference. Let me make sure I've updated. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's not right. Uh, Michigan State, 7-6 and six in the conference because they did just win um, last night. So uh, some of those numbers I might have said earlier were probably wrong because I failed to reload. Uh, but there we go. Michigan State is 7-6 and six in the conference. It, this is, to me, another team that I lump them in with Wisconsin and Ohio State because there's a lot of talent on those teams, but they just haven't put it together. Um, I think this is one of the worst coaching jobs Izzo has had uh, in recent memory. So even though they're, you know, we're getting to the part of the Big Ten where everybody's kind of lumped together, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're just a team that really has not impressed me. Yeah, it almost seems like Michigan State decided to put all of their eggs in one basket in Malik Hall, and he just hasn't delivered as much as they would have liked. Yeah. And yeah. injury, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you, I don't know if you saw the, the interview with Tom Izzo earlier in the week. They asked him about some of his players playing, you know, 30-plus minutes a game. And he said, you know, he didn't have a problem. He doesn't have a problem playing somebody 30 minutes a game or more. It's just... It's the players he's playing 30 minutes a game he wished he didn't have to. <laughs> so that's a pretty harsh indictment of your own team right there to be like, I know I don't want to play these guys as much, but I have to because they're the best I have, and I wish they weren't is more or less what he's saying there. And that's that's tough to hear if you're on that team. Only you had someone who could actually go in and help those players be better. Right. <laughs> I don't know, maybe to to coach them in some way. Oh, I like that word. Yeah, it's a, it's. It, I just came up with it. I just came up with it. So <laughs> nice plus word. Yeah. So you've got Maryland nine. I've got Michigan State. Who do you have eighth? Michigan State. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So I have got Iowa eighth, and this is okay. mostly a, a problem for Iowa because they've had a lot of people missing games. Um, I know uh, it was for mental health reasons, but you know. The schedule is the schedule. When you miss a guy, you miss a guy. Um, and there again, they're, they're a team that scores a lot of points. So you can convince me to put them higher. Um, but they just, again, they're sitting at 7-5 and five in conference. They're really failing to, to play to their potential. And Fran McCaffrey just looks like he could explode at any given time. Um, so you just never know what's going on on that sideline. Yeah, I. so with Iowa, I think... Just the play of Chris Murray really sets them apart from some of these other teams. Um, but, yeah, they, they've they been inconsistent as well. But then again, everybody... Yeah, everybody in this Big Ten has been inconsistent. Okay. Um, all right. So my number seven, I have Northwestern. Okay, wow. Pretty low for Northwestern, if you ask me. Yeah, and it's because Northwestern had a rough week. They lost to Iowa and Michigan, and then they beat Wisconsin, which is, okay, Wisconsin's a, not the best win, but not certainly not a bad, um, there are no bad wins. But <laughs> right. um, uh, Northwestern, so they're starting to come down from when they got back from COVID, but they still have the accelerated schedule, and it just looks like these type, uh, players are starting to get a little gassed. So with playing, you know, four games in eight days, it gets really tough, and I'm not sure 
Northwestern has the gas left in the tank because they still have to take on Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa at home at least. Yeah, that's that's. But tough. they also have to take on Illinois, Maryland, and Rutgers on the road. Yeah, so, not not an easy schedule they're looking at for sure. No, no. So, um, they definitely have. They have shown the ability to play well this year, and I don't think many had them even in the top half of the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely not, no. <laughs> so um, they've surprised us before. They can continue to surprise us. Yeah. So for me, number seven, I have Maryland. Um, so only, okay. a, only a couple spots away from where you had them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're seven and six. As you pointed out, they've played great at home. Um, they've really struggled in the Big Ten on the road, but you can say that about a lot of these teams. And I think, again, they're a team that has a lot of talent. Um, And given the situation of a new coaching staff, I think they've kind of adapted to that very well. That's always a hard situation for a team to be in. And 7-6 and right now, and I think we talked a couple weeks ago on the podcast that this is one of the games that scares us the most going into Mm -hmm. Maryland uh, and playing. So I think that's why I had them a little higher than you. Uh Uh Um, What are we at? Six? Sixth place. Yeah, six I have Michigan. Okay. So they had a 2-0 week last week beating beating some not awful teams. Anytime you win and you don't beat Minnesota, it's – it's a good Pretty week. Much, they, yeah, they carry weight with them. So, or Michigan's been playing better as of late, um, and that's what you hope for. But they still have a ways to go, especially with their um, with what they want to do for ultimately getting into the postseason. And they actually, I believe, they just beat Nebraska just now. So they've won three straight okay. games, beating Northwestern, Ohio State, Nebraska. So, any three and a week, I think, is you know very helpful and yeah. not to be taken lightly. I should say. Yeah. So uh, sixth place, I have got Illinois. Um, I've got them lower just because expectations were so high for them coming into the season. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe they would be up contending for a Big Ten title, and you know, granted they're tied for fourth right now, but. They've just underperformed, and again, just like I said with Iowa and McCaffrey, I just think Underwood is a psycho on the sideline, and he's just so volatile, you never really know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, he definitely looks like he could be a part of the mob. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so I have Illinois at five, so similar reasoning to you. They, they're playing well lately. I mean, they beat Nebraska and then barely fell to Iowa last week. Um, but again, Illinois is one of those where they've got the COVID issue where a team, uh, Minnesota had a COVID outbreak, so now they have to stay um, or postpone their matchup with Illinois. And Illinois' next three games are going to be Rutgers at home, and then they have to go to Penn State and to Indiana. So it's not going to get very much easier, but there's definitely room um, for improvement. Um, I just 
I don't think Illinois is going to have the same issue with some of the other teams getting gas just because they seem to be a deeper team than obviously Minnesota or Northwestern. So yeah, I mean most people are deeper than Minnesota. <laughs> true, very true. So I don't see them having that much of an issue with that, uh, with at least the COVID breakup in their schedule. Right. But that being said. I go back to it last year with Purdue when you just randomly throw a Michigan game in the right. middle of your schedule. Yeah. Add it to can the midweek there. Mess with you. Yep. Yeah. It changes. Well, it changes everything because you're changing up your schedule uh, for practice. You're changing up how you're you're traveling. Your body just exactly. has to react to three games in like seven days. It can be really tough. So you know, I get that. So that was number five for you, right? Correct. Okay. So number five for me, I have got Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've got a guy like Hunter Dickinson who can truly take over a game uh, at any yep. given time. So that's why, even though, again, they're in this scrum with a bunch of other teams at 7-5, and five, I think i got to give them a little bit of an edge because I think, kind of to your point earlier, who would you, who would you think would win in a neutral site game, which I think is a good way to describe these power rankings, is Michigan is a tough out for anybody. So that is why I'm putting them higher up than than someone like Illinois or Maryland, who are just kind of right there as well with seven and five or seven and six. So that's my justification yeah. there. Fair. Number four. Uh, number four, I have Ruggers. Okay. So I mean, this week they lost on the road to Indiana. Not the last. You know, good teams do that. Yes. I've heard. It's been known to happen, yeah. So they did that. They have a chance to bounce back this week. They go to Illinois. They take on Nebraska at home. And they're still second place in the Big Ten rankings. So, like, their defense absolutely can just clamp you down. The problem is if you have a team who can get past their defense and can show, uh, be athletic enough to get past their big wings and big for- or big uh, guards, it, it spells some trouble for uh, Rutgers, but as of right now, they are playing well, and um, you know everything they want is still ahead of them. So they're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. So number four for me, uh, I have Northwestern. Okay. They're again, they're seven and five, just like seemingly everyone else in the Big Ten Conference, and I put them at number four mostly because I'm surprised by them. I'm I'm maybe giving them a little sympathy push up my top uh my power rankings here just because it, it's an interesting story. I think no one expected them to be up here uh even close to the top of the conference standings. So I don't really have right. much of a justification other than they're a good story, so I'm putting them at number four. Yeah. Good on Chris Collins. Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't couldn't get that Duke job though, could he? Uh I mean, at least Pete Nance made it to Duke, so one Northwestern player yeah, went to Duke. there you go. All right, <laughs> um, number three. Number three. Yep, I have the Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay, so because... you're you're doing this because we play them next, so you don't want to give them bulletin board material, right? I mean, that would have been a really good idea, maybe. But, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they've started to play well. I mean, they won against Northwestern and Illinois, so two – top half teams for both of our lists um this week so but the problem is they won at home 
We'll see how they can right. do when they're on the road. Right. And the road in the Big Ten is obviously so much more brutal. Um, it's just, like I said earlier, I think Chris Murray is really pulling this team. And they had, who went off? Um, Tony Perkins went off for 32. I don't even know who week. that is. Yeah. I mean, that that was like our Mason Gillis game. So... I think they have Rebracha, who's playing well. They have the one sharpshooter guy in Peyton Sanford who can just absolutely just take over in game and drop 25 like it's nothing because he can hit a three like Caitlin Clark can. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I would just – something in the corn. They they grow shooters out there. That's what it is, yeah. it's it's That's definitely the corn. Uh, yeah. for, for me, number three, I've got Rutgers. Um, okay. I've got them up there because they are eight and five, currently tied for second in the conference, and their defense has just been really impressive. Um, yep. You know they've they've given up, I believe, the second fewest points of anyone in the conference at one thousand four hundred nine. Um, mm-hmm. Oddly enough, only Wisconsin has allowed fewer points with uh, one thousand three hundred eighty, which is just wild that Wisconsin who sits at five and seven in the conferences is, you know, the allowed the fewest points, but anyway, one less game. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, uh, I just, I think Rutgers is a team. Maybe it's, maybe it's my Purdue bias because they scare me, uh, because of how they've played against us and they've beat us as number one, uh, two times in a row. But I do Mm -hmm. think, uh, Rutgers has really shown that they belong in the big 10 in basketball and so uh, I've got them top three. Okay. Yeah, the only problem I have with Rutgers is I can only name three of their players. <laughs> That's and fair. everyone That's else fair. somehow just takes over a game. It's the players you don't know that take over the game. Like uh, Paul McCahey, Cliff Amar- Amarui, I think, I and then TJ McConnell. Or is it Caleb McConnell? It's one of the McConnells. So I think you're three, I think then, you're making your own point right here by not being able to tell their names. Exactly. But then it's some guy named Spencer who comes and, you know, beats Purdue. Right. So and they seem to have that every single Yeah. So, yeah, there always seems to be at least one of them. Yeah. So Rutgers has definitely pulled it together as a program. They are not your grandfather's Rutgers. Yeah, that is true. Absolutely <laughs> true. So um, you know, kudos to them. They they are really showing that they belong, and a lot of that is due to the coaching staff. They've really done a great job there. So, mm-hmm. I think if you've been paying attention, number two and number one should be obvious. Uh, both of us have IU at number two and Purdue at number one. Uh, have I been paying attention? Is that right, Ryan? Uh, you are absolutely correct. I think those are the two obvious best teams in the Big Ten, and Despite Purdue losing to Indiana, it was on the road. Um, I do think Purdue has that edge in a neutral site just because you don't play at Assembly Hall and it changes the entire outlook of the game between those two. Yep, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And, And, I mean, it won't be a neutral site game, of course, but we will get to see them play one more time, uh, when they come to Mackey Arena. So I would imagine that will be a completely different game, and I am hoping that the outcome will be different as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think much much explanation uh, really necessary uh, for either of those because Purdue we, we talk about on this podcast every week, and the less we talk about IU, the better in my opinion. Fair enough. 
So there we go. Um, there are our power rankings for right now. These are obviously subject to change because, well, you know, that's just the nature of power rankings and that's the nature of the Big Ten this year. So um, yep. that is our 1 through 14. We will be right back to cover Purdue versus Iowa. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. So, as promised in the first half of the show, we are going to look ahead to Purdue's next game. That is in Mackey Arena, the Iowa Hawkeyes coming into town. Uh, this is another opportunity. This right now, only a quad two matchup for Purdue uh, because <laughs> no, Iowa is currently, I believe, 34th in the net. But, uh, you know, you got to win. You got to win the games that are in front of you. And given that Purdue currently has a three-game lead in the Big Ten standings, uh, if Purdue wins all four of their remaining home games, doesn't matter what anyone else does. Purdue will have at least a share of the Big Ten title. So uh, you got to hold serve at home, and this is the first opportunity to do that. You know, I know we talked about Io with our power rankings, um, but. Mm-hmm. Ryan, can you give me a little bit about Iowa as they come into Purdue? Because this is uh, the first time these two teams will have faced each other this year. Yeah, and we kind of mentioned it earlier on the podcast. Something's in the corn. Iowa <laughs> is the normal Iowa, and they can score a bunch of points. They are the antithesis to their football team. Right. Um, they score a bunch, they allow a bunch, and... They can really get out and shoot the ball well from the perimeter. Yeah, no uh, no new contract with how much they have to score for the uh, basketball team. That's only a, mm-hmm. It's a, only an Iowa football thing that's going to happen this next year. So uh, right. we know Iowa is going to score the basketball. They actually, if I'm, again, I'm looking at just the points. I know it's not an advanced metric, but looking at, you know, the mm-hmm. points scored, Iowa tops in the Big Ten with 1,874 points scored throughout the season. Um, most most of any team in the Big Ten. IU, I believe, is second in that stat. So um, they're the best scoring offense in the Big Ten. Um, and as you said, uh, you know, they really... Or, I'm sorry, they've, they've got uh, Murray. One of the Murray boys is still there, and he yep. really can take over a game. Uh, what? How is he uh, taking over games this year? What is his game like? Yeah, so Chris Murray is one of those guys that he's a, a guard, but he's built. He's a built guard, so he can drive the lane and post up, but he can also rely on his jump shot. So there's really – he's an – he can score at all three levels, which is always a big plus. I mean, he's putting up 20 
almost 21 points a game and eight and a half rebounds a game. So he definitely is their go-to guy. Um, and he's shooting about 50% from the field this season. So, and 35 from three. So he definitely has his shots, um, working well. Um, at some point it's just like, who do you share the ball with? And Iowa has, five or six different players or they have five players who are averaging 10 or more a game. So they they can spread the ball and it seems that everyone can shoot, which is always lovely for to play against. That's why you, you see Iowa has games where they put up 112 or oh 106 this yeah. season. I mean, obviously they're not doing that in conference, um, right. I believe their highest conference game, they won a game 93 to 84 against Michigan, but that was an overtime. And then they won 93 to 82 against Rutgers. That is a game that kind of scares you. If they can do that against Rutgers, holy. Yeah. 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 And when you look through their schedule, and it is, I mean, almost every game in conference is incredibly high scoring. Um, mm-hmm. There are exceptions. I mean, they lost at Nebraska, sixty-six to fifty. They lost at Michigan State, sixty-three to sixty-one. But other than that, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at their victories in conference play, and they scored ninety-one, seventy-six, ninety-three, eighty-one, ninety-three, eighty-six, and eighty-one. So, you know, they are going to be a team that is going to put up points. Um, interestingly enough, they, they lost at Ohio state and allowed 93 points to the Ohio state, a team that has just struggled so badly. Uh, and this was on January 21st. So this was far after the Ohio state slide had begun. Um, they lost that game 93 to 77 at Ohio state. So that is why I put Iowa so low. I think in my power rankings is I just don't trust them on the defensive side of the ball. And that has been true for a number of years. I mean, you know they can they can go toe to toe on offense uh, with a, just about anyone in the nation. They can score a ton of points, but they just mm-hmm. haven't been able to put it together consistently on defense. Yeah, and um, I mean there there is some inconsistency with this team. I mean, Iowa lost. They have a quad four loss to Eastern Illinois. Yeah, where they lost 92 to 83. So they allowed 92 to Eastern Illinois. That's not great. Um, yeah, that's that's worrisome if you're an Iowa fan. Yeah, and kind of going back to the similarities between the football team and the uh, basketball team, uh, nepotism still runs through yes, both teams. Yes, it does. Nepotism because, it also grows in the corn in Iowa. Yeah, that it does because there are two players um, who are – the two sons of Fran McCaffrey, Patrick and Connor McCaffrey. And these guys can shoot the ball usually. Um, they're both shooting over 36% from three, so not terrible. And then it was Patrick, I believe, who took the break for mental health. I mean, obviously you support that 100%. If you have to go away from the game, so be it. Yeah, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of things more important than than a, a game of college basketball for sure. So we, we hope he's okay. Exactly. And he's since come back and yes. he's been playing. So um, he seems to have refreshed and got back on the court. So love to see that. It is, um, it is to your nepotism point, it is absolutely wild. You look at their minutes played 
And obviously, you know, Chris Murray is their workhorse. He's number one. Connor McCaffrey uh, is third in minutes with 29 a game. And then Patrick McCaffrey is sixth so with <laughs> 23.5. So th- two of their six most utilized players are sons of the coach. Yeah, and it's – who's the other coach that has that? Oh, well, Jawan uh, Howard. Jawan Howard's kids, yeah. Yeah. But Jet Howard at least is making a run for – you know, one of the top three freshmen in the Big Ten. And, and so. of course, there is um, the Bayheims at Syracuse. I believe there's there's been a Bayheim uh, player on there, and I think he even has had his grandson on the team. I, I don't even yeah. know. It's it's a I wild know Coach situation. K's, yeah, Coach K's grandson had played at Duke. Um, and, I mean, it makes sense. If you're a good basketball player, you're going to grow up around all of these players. Yeah. You're going to improve your skills. I mean, we saw with Jaden Ivey, when you're around the Notre Dame women's team, the WNBA, you're going to get better. And if your dad coaches somewhere, it makes sense to go to their school. But, yeah, right. it's there's somewhat of a fine line between um, nepotism and just um convenience <laughs> right yeah yeah so. i mean i don't think the recruiting uh was very difficult to get your two sons to come and play with you uh yeah. that's that's probably like a one conversation thing hey i'm gonna offer you a scholarship do you want to come play or would it be too weird to play for your dad no we'll come play all right you know here's your scholarship probably saved him a boatload on the recruiting budget for that year yeah i mean when your um when your official visit is a bring your kids to work day, you're golden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked out worked out very well for them. Um, so it, it does worry me. This game does worry me just because of the offensive firepower of Iowa. Um, they have given Purdue trouble um, in recent years, but you know they've, as you said, you know they lost that early season game uh, to Eastern. Was it Eastern Michigan? Um, Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois. And that one, you know, it's a head-scratcher for sure, but um, I try not to put too much focus on that because Purdue has had their fair share of head-scratching losses um, in non-conference season. Wofford, of course, comes to mind um, as mm-hmm. the as a big one. But, you know, most recently, as I said, giving up 93 points to this Ohio State team that is just falling apart at the seams really, really looks bad. And then... Um, they've just even when they're even when they're winning games, they're doing it just by racing and outscoring folks. And mm-hmm. I, I think the Purdue defense is going to be able to slow them down just enough. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think Purdue, especially coming off a loss to IU, is going to be pretty upset, pretty angry, and really wanting to do everything they can to prove that they still deserve that number one ranking. Yeah. And so, as per our normal matchup preview, ah uh, yes, the tallest, the tallest player, player on Iowa, yes, is six eleven. It is Riley Mulvey. He plays a whopping um, four point four minutes a game. Doesn't seem like he's going to be out on the floor a lot. No, uh, their second tallest player is Josh Agun- Agundele. Um, he's from England. He's from and London, he England. Plays- yeah, he plays about seven minutes a game. So their main big is Philip uh, Rebracha, and right now he is at, I mean, he's averaging, um, 
a 30 minutes a game, but he's not the tallest. He's, and he's six a little nine. bit gangly. Yeah. Six nine two thirty. So, so Zach Eady is going to have a seven inch height advantage on this guy. Yeah, and we saw what happened when he played against the six foot ten Trace Jackson Davis. So Zach Eady can really just go up and have the that advantage all day long, and it'll be a matter of can they get the ball into Zach Eady as is the norm when a team doesn't have someone who can really defend him in the post. But on the flip side, Philip uh, Rabracha can shoot the ball, so he may start to draw or uh, draw Zach Eady out, which has not been great for Zach Eady. He's no, done no. better than last year, but him in drop coverage has been uh, somewhat problematic at times. Yeah, so and I mean we'll we saw that... we saw Michigan do the same thing with Hunter Dickinson. Um, you right. know, I mean Dickinson is a big who can go out and shoot the three. And he certainly has had a history of doing that against Purdue. But um, mm-hmm. Rabracha, not really a three-point shooter. Um, he can hit jumpers, uh, but not necessarily a guy who's going to go out there and and, uh, and hit a three on you. In fact, the last game he even attempted a three, looks like it was December 29th um, at okay. Nebraska, and he missed it. So the last time he made a three was December 8th. Uh, he was two for two against Iowa State. So... Not a guy who's going to be out there lighting you up. In fact, those are his only two threes made uh, on the year. His percentage looks great because he's only taken five, <laughs> so he shoots 40%, but that is a two-for-five uh, uh, sample size, so not sure you can really believe that 40%. Now, all that said, given Purdue's history, look for him to go four-for-five from three and, and really cause problems. Yeah, so... I mean, you see the clear advantage that Purdue has with Zach Eady on the inside. Even, like, a Caleb first against Rebracha would have seemingly an advantage. So, as as we normally see, Purdue will probably get the ball into their bigs and just let let Zach Eady go to work. Yeah, yeah. So this seems like a game. This seems like a game where Zach Eady could wind up with like thirty and nineteen. So. As so average, yeah, an average game for him. I tell you what, as this game um, goes on the sports books tomorrow, I'm going to see if there's a uh, a Zach Eady points, rebounds, assists total that I can bet the over on, uh, because I think he is going to absolutely eat uh, with a seven inch height advantage um, against a mm-hmm. a an Iowa team who's going to run up and down the court, which means there are going to be a lot of possessions in this game, which means Zach Eady probably going to get a lot of touches. So uh, that would be my uh, my suggestion if you're looking for something to uh, possibly place a, a little bit of little bit of money on. That would be my suggestion, but haven't seen any lines yet, so I don't know um, what that number will be. But um, Ryan, anything else about this Iowa squad before we head out of here? Um. No, I don't think so. Um, we'll see how that, how the freshmen of this team bounce back again. I yeah. know Braden Smith had a rougher game last time. Fletcher Lawyer didn't have a great game by any means. So we'll see how the younger players start to bounce back. If it's anything like the last time they bounced back, you win eight straight games. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be the rest of the Big Ten regular season and the first game in the Big Ten tournament. So um, I will take that. One final question, and then we'll get out on this. 
what what level of uh, Francon do we think we'll we'll see during this game? Now, Francon one is absolutely nuclear, right? That's correct. Or is that... You okay. are correct. Very, you know, a lot of people get that confused. But if we're if we're comparing it to the DefCon, one is actually worse than five. So uh, one okay. is where you don't want to be. So Francon one, face red, uh, hair shaking, spit coming out, everything. Uh, do we think we'll see all yeah. the way to a one? No, I think we might get down to Francon like four. Oh wow! Uh, because it's like yeah, on a one to ten scale, we might get down to four just if Purdue goes on one of those runs. Um, and let's be honest, Zach Eady just being so big really rubs a lot of people the wrong way. It does. It does. So I, we can see that. Um, I don't think we get a full nuclear meltdown by Fran, but he, he's always. It's always possible for him to get a T. Yeah, it's always right under the surface uh, with yep. with Mr. Fran there. So uh, there we go. We'll we'll keep a we'll keep a lookout for that and report the FranCon level on the next episode. But uh, thank you for joining us, folks. For Ryan and myself, boiler up. Hammer down.